Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of his kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Passover isn't really over until we get to Shavuot. What connects the two feasts together is the counting of the Omer. It's a 50-day count as it is written in Leviticus 23:15 and 16. And you shall count for yourselves from the day after the Sabbath, from the day that you brought the sheaf of the wave offering. Seven Sabbaths shall be completed. Count 50 days to the day after the seventh Sabbath. Then you shall offer a new grain offering to the Lord. So here is the blessing spoken for each day of the counting of the Omer. Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech haolam asher kidshanu mitzvotav vitzvanu al-sefirat ha-omer. Blessed are you, Adonai our God, King of the universe, who has sanctified us with your commandments and commanded us to count the Omer. Behold, I am ready and prepared to fulfill the mitzvah of counting the Omer, as it says in the Torah. You shall count from the eve of the second day of Pesach, when an omer of grain is to be brought as an offering, seven complete weeks. The day after the seventh week of your counting will make 50 days. Today is three weeks, or the 21st day, of the omer countdown from Passover to Shavuot. Now let's continue reading through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Brit Hadashah. Today we finish up the Torah portion for the week, Akarai Mot, and it means after the death. Leviticus 20, 1-27 And Hashem further said to Moshe, Say further to B'nai Israel, anyone among the Israelites or among the strangers residing in Israel, who gives any of his offspring to Molech, shall be put to death. The people of the land shall pelt him with stones. And I will set my face against that man and will cut him off from among his people, because he gave of his offspring to Molech, and so defiled my sanctuary and profaned my holy name. And if the people of the land should shut their eyes to that man when he gives of his offspring to Molech, and should not put him to death, I myself will set my face against that man and his kin and will cut off from among their people both him and all who follow him in going astray after Molech. And if any person turns to ghosts and familiar spirits and goes astray after them, I will set my face against that person and cut him off from among his people. You shall sanctify yourselves and be holy, for I, Hashem, am your God. You shall faithfully observe my laws. I, Hashem, make you holy. 
If anyone insults his father or his mother, he shall be put to death. He has insulted his father and his mother. His blood guilt is upon him. If a man commits adultery with a married woman, committing adultery with another man's wife, the adulterer and the adulteress shall be put to death. If a man lies with his father's wife, it is the nakedness of his father that he has uncovered. The two shall be put to death. Their blood guilt is upon them. If a man lies with his daughter-in-law, both of them shall be put to death. They have committed incest. Their blood guilt is upon them. If a man lies with a male as one lies with a woman, the two of them have done an abhorrent thing. They shall be put to death. Their blood guilt is upon them. If a man marries a woman and her mother, it is depravity. Both he and they shall be put to the fire, that there be no depravity among you. If a man has carnal relations with a beast, he shall be put to death, and you shall kill the beast. If a woman approaches any beast to mate with it, you shall kill the woman and the beast. They shall be put to death. Their blood guilt is upon them. If a man marries his sister, the daughter of either his father or his mother, so that he sees her nakedness and she sees his nakedness, it is a disgrace. They shall be excommunicated in the sight of their kinsfolk. He has uncovered the nakedness of his sister. He shall bear his guilt. If a man lies with a woman in her infirmity and uncovers her nakedness, he has laid bare her flow, and she has exposed her blood flow. Both of them shall be cut off from among their people. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your mother's sister or of your father's sister, for that is laying bare one's own flesh. They shall bear their guilt. If a man lies with his uncle's wife, it is his uncle's nakedness that he has uncovered. They shall bear their guilt. They shall die childless. If a man marries the wife of his brother, it is indecency. It is the nakedness of his brother that he has uncovered. They shall remain childless. You shall faithfully observe all my laws and all my regulations, lest the land to which I bring you to settle in spew you out. You shall not follow the practices of the nation that I am driving out before you, for it is because they did all these things that I abhorred them, and said to you, You shall possess their land, for I will give it to you to possess a land flowing with milk and honey. I, Hashem, am your God, who has set you apart from other peoples. So you shall set apart the clean beast from the unclean, the unclean bird from the clean. You shall not draw abomination upon yourselves through beast or bird or anything with which the ground is alive, which I have set apart for you to treat as unclean. You shall be holy to me, for I, Hashem, am holy, and I have set you apart from other peoples to be mine. A man or a woman who has a ghost or a familiar spirit shall be put to death. They shall be pelted with stones. Their blood guilt shall be upon them. Judges 15.1-16.31 Sometime later in the season of the wheat harvest, Samson came to visit his wife, bringing a kid as a gift. He said, Let me go into the chamber to my wife. But her father would not let him go in. I was sure, said her father, that you had taken a dislike to her, so I gave her to your wedding companion. 
but her younger sister is more beautiful than she. Let her become your wife instead. Thereupon Samson declared, Now the Philistines can have no claim against me for the harm I shall do to them. Samson went and caught three hundred foxes. He took torches, and turning the foxes tail to tail, he placed a torch between each pair of tails. He lit the torches and turned the foxes loose among the standing grain of the Philistines, setting fire to stacked grain, standing grain, vineyards, and olive trees. The Philistines asked, Who did this? And they were told, It was Samson, the son-in-law of the Timnite, who took Samson's wife and gave her to his wedding companion. Thereupon the Philistines came up and put her and her father to the fire. Samson said to them, If that is how you act, I will not rest until I have taken revenge on you. He gave them a sound and thorough thrashing. Then he went down and stayed in the cave of the rock of Etam. The Philistines came up, pitched camp in Yehuda, and spread out over Lehi. The men of Yehuda asked, Why have you come up against us? They answered, We have come to take Samson prisoner and to do to him as he did to us. Thereupon three thousand men of Yehuda went down to the cave of the rock of Etam, and they said to Samson, You knew that the Philistines rule over us. Why have you done this to us? He replied, As they did to me, so I did to them. We have come down, they told him, to take you prisoner and to hand you over to the Philistines. But swear to me, said Samson to them, that you yourselves will not attack me. We won't, they replied. We will only take you prisoner and hand you over to them. We will not slay you. So they bound him with two new ropes and brought him up from the rock. When he reached Lehi, the Philistines came shouting to meet him. Thereupon the spirit of Hashem gripped him, and the ropes on his arms became like flax that catches fire. The bonds melted off his hands. He came upon a fresh jawbone of a donkey, and he picked it up, and with it he killed a thousand men. Then Samson said, With the jaw of a donkey, mass upon mass, with the jaw of a donkey I have slain a thousand men. As he finished speaking, he threw the jawbone away, hence that place was called Ramoth-Lehi. He was very thirsty, and he called to Hashem, You yourself have granted this great victory through your servant. And must I now die of thirst and fall into the hands of the uncircumcised? So Hashem split open the hollow, which is at Lehi, and the water gushed out of it. He drank, regained his strength, and revived. That is why it is called to this day En-Hakor of Lehi. He led Israel in the days of the Philistines for twenty years. Once Samson went to Gaza, there he met a whore and slept with her. The Gazites learned that Samson had come there, so they gathered and lay in ambush for him in the town gate the whole night, and all night long they kept whispering to each other, When daylight comes, we'll kill him. But Samson lay in bed only until midnight. At midnight he got up, grasped the doors of the town gate together with the two gateposts, and pulled them out along with the bar. He placed them on his shoulders and carried them off to the top of the hill that is near Hebron. After that, he fell in love with a woman in the wadi, Sorek, named Delilah. The lords of the Philistines went up to her and said, Coax him and find out what makes him so strong and how we can overpower him. Tie him up and make him helpless, and we'll each give you eleven hundred shekels of silver. So Delilah said to Samson, Tell me, 
What makes you so strong, and how could you be tied up and made helpless? Samson replied, If I were to be tied with seven fresh tendons that had not been dried, I should become as weak as an ordinary man. So the lords of the Philistines brought up to her seven fresh tendons that had not been dried. She bound him with them, while an ambush was waiting in her room. Then she called out to him, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. Whereat he pulled the tendons apart as a strand of tow comes apart at the touch of fire. So the secret of his strength remained unknown. Then Delilah said to Samson, Oh, you deceived me. You lied to me. Do tell me now how you could be tied up. He said, If I were to be bound with new ropes that had never been used, I would become as weak as an ordinary man. So Delilah took new ropes and bound him with them while an ambush was waiting in a room. And she cried, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. But he tore them off his arms like a thread. Then Delilah said to Samson, You have been deceiving me all along. You have been lying to me. Tell me, how could you be tied up? He answered her, If you weave seven locks of my head into the web. And she pinned it with a peg and cried to him, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. Awaking from his sleep, he pulled out the peg, the loom, and the web. Then she said to him, How can you say you love me when you don't confide in me? This makes three times that you've deceived me and haven't told me what makes you so strong. Finally, after she had nagged him and pressed him constantly, he was so wearied to death, and he confided everything to her. He said to her, No razor has ever touched my head, for I have been a Nazarite to Hashem since I was in my mother's womb. If my hair were cut, my strength would leave me, and I should become as weak as an ordinary man. Sensing that he had confided everything to her, Delilah sent for the lords of the Philistines with this message, Come up once more, for he has confided everything to me. And the lords of the Philistines came up and brought the money with them. She lulled him to sleep on her lap. Then she called in a man, and she had him cut off the seven locks of his head. Thus she weakened him and made him helpless. His strength slipped away from him. She cried, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. And he awoke from his sleep, thinking he would break loose and shake himself free as he had the other times. For he did not know that Hashem had departed from him. Then the Philistines seized him and gouged out his eyes. They brought him down to Gaza and shackled him in bronze fetters, and he became a mill slave in the prison. After his hair was cut off, it began to grow back. Now the lords of the Philistines gathered to offer a great sacrifice to their god, Dagon, and to make merry. They chanted, Our God has delivered into our hands our enemy, Samson. When the people saw him, they sang praises to their God, chanting, Our God has delivered into our hands the enemy who devastated our land and who slew so many of us. As their spirits rose, they they said, Call Samson here and let him dance for us. Samson was fetched from the prison and he danced for them. Then they put him between the pillars. And Samson said to the boy who was leading him by the hand, Let go of me and let me feel the pillars that the temple rests upon, that I may lean on them. Now the temple was full of men and women. All the lords of the Philistines were there, and there were some three thousand men and women on the roof watching Samson dance. Then Samson called to Hashem, 
O Hashem, please remember me and give me strength just this once, O Hashem, to take revenge of the Philistines, if only for one of my two eyes. John 2, 1-25 And the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Yeshua was there. And both Yeshua was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Yeshua said to him, They have no wine. Yeshua said to her, Woman, what have I to do with you? My hour is not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Whatsoever he says to you, do it. And there were set there six water pots of stone, after the manner of the purifying of the Jews, containing two or three firkins apiece. Yeshua said to them, Fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, Draw out now and bear unto the governor of the feast. And they bear it. When the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and knew not where it came from, but the servants which drew the water knew, the governor of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, Every man at the beginning does set forth good wine, and when men have drunk well, then that which is worse. But you have kept the good wine until now. This beginning of miracles did Yeshua in Cana of Galilee and manifested forth his glory, and his disciples believed on him. After this he went down to Capernaum, he and his mother and his brethren, and his disciples, and they continued there not many days. And the Jews' Passover was at hand, and Yeshua went up to Jerusalem, and found in the temple those that sold oxen and sheep and doves, and the changers of money sitting. And when he had made a scourge of small cords, he drove them all out of the temple, and the sheep and the oxen, and poured out the changers' money and overthrew the tables, and said to them that sold doves, Take these things hence, make not my father's house a house of merchandise. And his disciples remembered that it was written, The zeal of your house has eaten me up. Then answered the Jews and said to him, What sign do you show unto us, seeing that you do these things? Yeshua answered and said to them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Then said the Jews, Forty-six years was this temple in building, and will you near it up in three days? But he spake of the temple of his body. When therefore he was risen from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this to them, and they believed the scripture and the word which Yeshua had said. Now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover in the feast day, many believed in his name when they saw the miracles which he did. But Yeshua did not commit himself unto them, because he knew all men, and needed not that any should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. Psalm 103, 1-22 Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies my thy mouth with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executes righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. He made known his ways unto Moses, his acts unto the children of Israel. 
The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Like as a father pities his children, so the Lord pities them that fear him. For he knows our frame, he remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are as grass, as a flower of the field, so he flourishes. For the wind passes over it, and it is gone, and the place thereof shall it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him, and his righteousness unto children's children, to such as keep his covenant, and those that remember his commandments to do them. The Lord has prepared his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, you his angels, that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all you his hosts, you ministers of his that do his pleasure. Bless the Lord, all his works, in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Proverbs fourteen, seventeen to 19 He that is soon angry deals foolishly, and a man of wicked devices is hated. The simple inherit folly, but the prudent are crowned with knowledge. The evil bow before the good, and the wicked at the gates of the righteous. I'd like to speak to you today from our Torah portion, and then a little bit from Judges 15, and then also from our Brit Hadashah reading. So let's begin in Leviticus chapter 20. And this entire chapter is dealing with sexual sin. And it's very explicit and detailed and talks about what kinds of sexual acts are an abomination unto the Lord. And in verse 22, it is written, You shall faithfully observe all my laws and all my regulations, lest the land to which I bring you to settle in spew you out. Now notice that there's a connection between the people, their behavior, and their residency in the land. That, in a sense, because Israel, the Torah, the Messiah, are all one, they're one. Israel the people, Israel the land, Yeshua, the Messiah, and the Torah, they're all one. So if you defile or break the Torah, then the land spews you out. It's like a divorce. And that's exactly what happens years and years later. The northern kingdom is exiled and goes into captivity under the Assyrians. The southern kingdom, Judah, is taken into captivity and goes into exile to to Babylon. So the Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. Following the warning in chapter 18 against embracing the abominations of the Canaanites, lest the children of Israel be expelled from their land, chapter 20 gives an example of such abominable behavior containing a list of forbidden relationships 
that are detestable in Hashem's eyes. This verse then says that they must follow the commandments, lest the land to which I bring you to settle in spew you out. This expression attributes human-like sensitivity to the land of Israel. It cannot stomach impurity and abomination, and thus engaging in illicit relationships will result in exile from the land. This is a further example of the reality that the gift of Eretz Israel is dependent on maintaining a high level of purity and faith, since the land's sanctity cannot tolerate immorality. That's a very, very good point made, that um, whether we are Jewish or not Jewish, um, that people who reside in the land of Israel need to be following the Torah and living a Torah-observant lifestyle for God's blessing to be upon them and upon the land itself. And people who live a secular, atheist, uh, worldly lifestyle cause, uh, put the nation at risk of the people having to go into exile because that kind of behavior is what got them put into exile in the first place. Now let's go to Judges chapter 15. And in Judges 15, we see Samson. It's a wonderful story to follow. Um, His wife, Delilah, is constantly nagging him, wanting to find out the secret of his strength. And he lies to her three different times. And then finally, he tells her the truth, uh, that the secret of his strength lies in his hair. And then his hair, she has it shaved off. And then he loses his strength. But actually, the strength isn't from his hair. The strength is the presence of God, of Yehud, of Hashem upon his life. And so the spirit of God departed from him when the hair was cut off. So he gets taken captive by the Philistines. So in the very end, he's able to make a final touche against them. And he leans up against the pillar. And we'll find out tomorrow in the reading what happens next. Finally, I want to take us into the Brit Hadashah reading that we read today. And this is the beginning of the book of John, John chapter 2. And in John chapter 2, we see a scene being painted of the wedding at Cana up in the Galilee. And so they run out of wine. And so Yeshua's mother comes to him and says, we have no more wine. And he says, woman, what do I have to do with this? My hour has not yet come. But his mother says to the servants, do whatever he tells you to do. And there were six water pots of stone. And after the purifying of the Jews containing two or three firkins apiece, Yeshua tells them, fill the water pots with water. So they did this. They filled up the water pots to the brim. And he says to them, draw it out now and bear it, bring it to the governor of the feast. And they brought it to him. And the ruler of the feast tasted the water that was now made into wine. And he said, usually men serve their best wine at the beginning of a wedding party and they get their lesser wine out towards the end. But you have saved the best wine for last. And this is Yeshua's very first miracle. So here's the application, nuts and bolts. Take it as a practical application. 
is there a lack? Is there something that you need that's desperately needed? If we come to Yeshua in faith and we ask him to take whatever our circumstance is, pots of water, and to do a miracle, it is possible that he can take the pots of water and turn it to wine. We know it's possible because we read of this account here in John chapter 2. Now, I'm not trying to espouse, name it and claim it, grab it and blab it, uh, and it's not necessarily, oh, I don't like the Volkswagen in my driveway, Lord, I want a Porsche. No. But, you know, even as you think about it, this wedding, the wine wasn't a need. They could live without wine. Water you have to have. Without water you'll die after so much time. But wine is a luxury. It's it's an extra. It's not necessary. But it was a celebration And because they were celebrating a wedding, wine is nice to have. So I just encourage you, if there is something that you need, take it to Yeshua. Bring what you have to him and ask him to do a miracle and turn the water that you bring to him into wine. And let's see what miracles he does. It doesn't have to be huge. It can be something small. It can be, Lord, I need an extra $50 this month. I'm short $50. And then watch a surprise unexpected check show up in the mail. Or, Lord, I've tried to apply for unemployment, but the lines are constantly busy. The system is antiquated. I can't even get my claim in through the phone or on the computer. It's just completely jammed. I'm not able to get through. And then pray, would you do a miracle? And then somehow he makes a way. Or maybe you've not received your $1,200 stimulus check and you've gone to the irs.gov website and tried to you know, get my pay, clicked on that button, and you just keep getting an error message. And you can't communicate with them to let them know where to send the money. You know, those actually are big things. Those are big things. So may you take your pot of water, whatever it might be, and bring it to Yeshua in prayer and in faith, trusting him, and ask him to turn your water into wine. And may he do a miracle on your behalf. And beloved, I would ask that if you take this to heart, and you pray that prayer, please send me an email or make a comment to this broadcast in the comment box. You can reach me by email at bridgeconnectorministries at gmail.com or you can make a comment to this podcast and share your miracle. What did Yeshua do for you? How did he turn your water into wine? I invite you to share your miracle to share your testimony, to let it be known what Yeshua did for you. Amen? Have a blessed day and Shabbat Shalom. The Aaronic Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24-26 Adonai bless you and keep you. 
Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.